You are listening to As a Woman, episode 55, Carry On Culture. Let's talk about the culture of women in the workplace, why we are not treated equal, how we are discriminated against, and how we hurt ourselves in the fight for change. Welcome to As a Woman, the podcast hosted by fertility physician, Dr. Natalie Crawford, to educate and empower women. Each week, learn about your health, your fertility, and how they relate to your true self. Become a part of the community, fostering collaboration over competition, while learning how to authentically find your voice and amplify others as a woman. Hi, friends. Welcome back to As a Woman. So I am interrupting your regular scheduled programming because I have a list of episodes all planned out for what I'm going to talk about, and this is not it. However, I recently shared a story on Instagram after being interviewed for an article, and that has sparked an entire discussion on my Instagram if you've been hanging out there this past week at Natalie Crawford, MD. So I wanted to address that here in this episode, Carry On Culture. Now, my experience is in medicine, but the huge disclaimer here is I shared stories from women in all different fields. And I really think that working women, women who have dreams to be something more than just a wife or a mom, are highly discriminated against. And we do not help ourselves in multiple ways. And this is a huge push to say, Let's open our eyes. Let's have a call to action. And we need to actively be ones who are trying to change the culture in the workplace. So let's dive in. Carry on culture. What does that mean? A carry on culture is one where you are supposed to pick up and carry on as if nothing has happened. And you can really apply it to a lot of different scenarios. Essentially, this is putting yourself or your family last and putting the work first. And although it's good and great to be dedicated to your work, if you're in medicine, we put our patients really high on our to-do list. And certainly there are times where the patient should be the only and the top priority. I'll use a good example when you're operating on them. That being said, you cannot constantly deny what you need and you cannot work in a place where you do not even feel like you can ask for help or admit what you need, or that that is a failure. That is the biggest issue in the culture now. So this episode got started because I was interviewed for the todayshow.com. So the Today Show and NBC Nightly News are releasing some episodes and articles in February about miscarriage and pregnancy loss. They contacted me because I'm a reproductive endocrinologist. So they reached out to get some recurrent pregnancy loss or pregnancy loss facts. They wanted a doctor's viewpoint. They did not know about my own personal history. And we started talking and it was revealed. So in the midst of talking about, oh, well, the prevalence of miscarriage increases as you age and clinically recognized pregnancies is different from all pregnancies. And here are the different diagnoses that can contribute to recurrent pregnancies. After going through all of that stuff, we started talking about my own story. And I shared that I had gone through multiple miscarriages, so three miscarriages and one ectopic pregnancy before I had my two lovely rainbow babies. But I did share one of my miscarriages happened when I was a chief resident. So I was an OBGYN resident, 
and I was on labor and delivery and literally was miscarrying in the bathroom while I was in charge of running labor and delivery. And it was a really traumatic time for me. And I told nobody, nobody knew that I was trying to get pregnant. So nobody knew that I was miscarrying. I just put on my carry on face and carried on. I showed up at work the next day and the day after that and the day after that, like nothing had happened. But the truth was something had happened. This is so not normal. This is not how we are normally supposed to behave when you go through something traumatic. I almost didn't even really process it. It took me a lot longer to really let it sink in because the carry on culture was so strong that I felt like I had no choice. And that was not the only example of that in my medical training or my time being a doctor. Certainly there are other instances where I have been sick and shown up to work. And I think every doctor will tell you that, or that I had something significant going on in my life. Yet I didn't call in sick. I didn't take personal time. I just showed up with a smile on my face to get the work done. But it really became highlighted over this miscarriage experience. So in counter to that story, when I had an ectopic pregnancy, I was an REI fellow and I shared this story on the podcast just recently. And Jason flew home so I could get methotrexate. And my senior fellow, Emily, gave me no choice. She said, you're not coming to work tomorrow. You're not coming the day after that. I got it. I'll take care of it. You know what I said, guys. You guys know I said, no, no, I got it. I'll be there. I can do it. And she said, no. She took the choice away from me. And that was the exact right thing to do. That was honestly what I needed because I had been trained so good by the culture of medicine to show up no matter what, that I was like, oh, no big deal. I can handle it. I, there's no way I could have handled it. I felt like I'd gotten hit by a truck when I got methotrexate. It was absolutely terrible, terrible. And so this is really highlighting something huge. In medicine, specifically, I can speak because medicine's my experience. We don't even believe that asking for help is an option, so we don't do it. We do not even give others the opportunity to show up and support us because we do not feel like that is a choice. After I shared my story about my miscarriage with this interview, I then wrote an Instagram post about it. And I got flooded with messages of everybody else sharing their miscarriage stories with me. So these are specifically miscarriage story instances at work about not being supported at work bleeding while operating or seeing patients or being told you to make up the time or when are you coming back about people who didn't feel like they could ask they didn't think it was an option they felt like they couldn't admit it that they would be judged or discriminated against for trying to get pregnant that they couldn't admit that they needed the help because the culture would not have supported them that is the message and it was not just women in medicine. It's women, women, women in business, women in law, nurses, doctors, teachers, PAs, pharmacists, all of it. These are women who are sharing their stories. It is not just a culture of medicine. It is a culture of women in the workplace. There are stories of women whose salary has never able to recover. One of my good friends calls this the mom tax. 
yeah, maybe you get the time off, but you're never given the same opportunity in the workplace because you're the mom, because you need time off for certain things, or you put your kids first, you're not granted the promotions and you're not giving the bonuses or the salary boost like your male counterparts. This is huge. This is really, really a big deal. And this is still predominant even in women-centric workplaces. So this is not like men are the problem. This is a culture. And I've said this before in other episodes, that sometimes I feel like women unknowingly judge other women. Well, maybe knowingly. But they say, hey, I did it. I miscarried and came back to work the next day. And so you need to pull up your big girl pants and do it too. And it is just, just, just the wrong message. Now, these were not the only messages I got. I did receive messages from people and women who expressed how hard this time was for them, but they were really happy at the support they received when they asked for it. And I really think this is key. So women acknowledged, I was really scared. I thought I might lose something. I was afraid of how I would be judged, but I knew I couldn't carry on. So I went to my boss, program director, coworker, whomever, and said, I'm having a miscarriage. I need some time off. And then they were granted time off and they received support. And I've said this before along other lines, but you get 0% of the things that you do not ask for. If you do not let people know what you're going through, they cannot read your mind. I never asked for help when I was bleeding in the bathroom on labor and delivery. I did not. And this is a two-part problem. Part one, I didn't think I could. I really didn't think I could. I didn't think the culture would support it. I felt like I would be reprimanded. I didn't think I'd be supported. I thought I would be judged. But the second part of the problem is that I didn't. I did not give people the chance to rise to the occasion. I made presumptions about what it would be like and decided that that risk was too big to even go there or give them the opportunity. I did not allow people to show their best. And I think that generally people do care about other people. If somebody knows that you are hurt and struggling or suffering or going through something hard, they want to support you. The truth is they often don't know how. How can they support you? What do you need? And if you need time off or time to go to appointments or have a surgery, we need to allow ourselves to not feel guilty about having normal needs. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Apostrophe. With the temperatures starting to warm up, I'm so excited the summer is around the corner and getting ready and looking forward to the summer months. But I know that when I'm outside, enjoying nature, I need to pick up supplies to prepare myself for summer adventures. And if you want to get your skin glowing in time for summer, it's time for you to get started with Apostrophe, who is sponsoring this episode. Apostrophe's goal is to help you feel confident in your own skin. So whether you're dealing with breakouts, signs of aging, or acne scarring, Apostrophe will help you love the skin you're in. I personally love that you get access to an expert dermatology team, a tailored treatment plan. It's simple to sign up for your first visit, and there is no in-person appointment or trip to the pharmacy needed. We have a special deal for our audience. 
Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash A-A-W when you use our code A-A-W. That's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash A-A-W and click get started. Then use the code A-A-W at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Quince. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. The best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, but Quince partners directly with top factories, cutting out the cost of the middleman, passing the saving to us, and only working with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. I personally cannot wait to wear my cute tan linen set this summer. So it's your turn to get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash A-A-W for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash A-A-W to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash A-A-W. Thank you, Quince. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Ritual. Did you know that women were excluded from clinical research policy by federal law until 1993? But women belong in scientific research. They're essential and Ritual knows this. I choose Ritual Multivitamin every day because it is easy to take and I know that I am getting high quality and traceable ingredients in a clean and bioavailable forms. In fact, Ritual conducted a university-led human clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin to assess its efficacy, and the results showed increase in vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash A-A-W. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash A-A-W for 25% off. Thank you, Ritual. Friends, life is not linear. It's not going to be perfect all the time. It's not going to be smooth and your plan is not going to go as expected. If you have not learned that by now, please stop Go back to episode number one and listen to the whole year because you've missed a major point is that things are not going to be perfect and that's okay. Things are not going to go according to plan and that's okay. But we are powerful in our vulnerability. Other people can rise to the occasion if we give them the chance and it is okay to admit your mistakes, your faults, your needs, your wants, your desires. So if you are struggling and you admit that, it is a strength and not a failure. It is a strength. If you need help and you ask somebody for help, that is really insightful. And that is so much better than what I did of bleeding in a bathroom and just presuming I had no choices and I had to just carry on because that is what the culture of medicine did. The other thing is we must change the culture when we get to the top. We must talk about these things, not just miscarriage, but certainly miscarriage. 
We have to talk about miscarriage and postpartum depression and maternity leave and getting sick or having the flu or breaking your foot or whatever. We have to make people feel like they can come to us and express what their needs are and that we can live up to the occasion of helping them get over whatever is hard, that we can be there to support other people and lift while we rise and help others out. Like who really cares that nobody helped you when you had your miscarriage? That sucks. It is wrong. And I am dearly sorry. But here is the thing. It is your turn now to pay it back and help somebody else to act as you would want to act. Maybe this means that if you're faculty somewhere, you suggest that you talk about pregnancy loss. If you run a female oriented or even not residency program, and you talk about the culture of not being able to ask for help and how bad that is for us, we can take better care of others when we take care of ourselves, And that extends on so many lines, but opening up the discussion channels that these are normal things you are going to have things happen in your life and you're going to need help and being able to ask for it or feel like you have somebody to go to that is huge and it is important if i'm being really honest i went to a gossipy residency program i loved it we took care of each other and we worked our butts off and the learning was exceptional but we knew a lot about the other stuff happening And I was afraid of being talked about. I didn't want people to know we were trying to get pregnant. I just didn't want to hear about it. I didn't want them talking about me. And I think that was a huge factor in me not sharing. Because truthfully, if I had gone to my program director and said, I'm having a miscarriage and I need a couple days off, I would have gotten it. I'm almost positive I would have gotten the time off. I just didn't go. I didn't give anybody the chance to step up and be there. And so I didn't process my own emotions about what that miscarriage felt like while running L&D. I buried it. I carried on. And it came back later to really haunt me in this process of feeling a lot of PTSD about infertility and trying to get pregnant. I always say that it took us so long to get pregnant with Campbell. And she's perfect and stubborn and lives up to everything. Rhett was just a ray of sunshine and very easy. And it is his personality. But thankfully, that is how it happened for us. Because I don't know if I had it in my heart to put myself back out there again. To risk the miscarriages and the heartbreak and the fear of that waiting game. I didn't know if I could do it. And so not having to do it was a huge, huge blessing. And I think what this shows us is that miscarriage is something that's really raw. All of these women's issues, even though, let's be honest, they impact couples, they all feel exaggerated in the workplace because women are still, even subconsciously in some places, fighting for their right to be there and they don't want to be perceived as less than. I completely agree with that. I don't want to be perceived as less than my male counterparts. And I don't want to be seen as weak or needing special attention or needing something different or not able to do the job. And I let that mentality drive some of my decision making when it came to asking for help or giving myself the time or the space that I may need to heal from some of these things. The truth is we are 
people were people and we need things. And that's not weakness. I've said it so many times on this podcast that vulnerability is really insightful and it is strength because you are strong if you can admit when you need more or you need help or you need something. And this carry on culture that we have all made worse. I am completely guilty by not talking about my own miscarriages, by showing up and acting like that is the norm. That becomes what is standard and what is expected. And that is not helping anybody. In order to change the culture, we must start talking about things that are normal so that we can talk about the abnormal. We have to talk about needing time off for illness or pregnancy or pregnancy loss or for birth and all the things. We have to start asking for help when we need it and demanding that we get the opportunity to get what we need. In reality, we need to give others the opportunity to rise to the occasion, but we need to do it in a way that says, this is what I'm asking of you. Can you really not give it to me? And if you're in the situation where someone truly is being unfair, because I don't know what would have happened if I'd asked for help or time off, because if I didn't, but if I did and I was met with a no, or you must be here or something that really was patronizing or inappropriate, level it up, go above, go to others, speak loudly so we can help the generation that we are in and those below us. And please, 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 to my peers, Sometime I'm in complete denial that I am 38 and I am of the generation that's making a huge impact for the ones below me. If you are in a position of power or leadership, thank goodness we have been waiting for you. But it is time to not make others go through what we went through. It is time to bring them up, give them a seat at the table, treat them fairly and with respect, honor and promote them, and to normalize things that are normal to open up a discussion about carry-on culture and how that is not what we want to see happening. Women do not really become equal in the workplace when we let the subconscious discrimination go on. We do not. And if we really care about equality, which we all should, we have to be the ones to start with the change. Yes, we need change on a systemic level. We need laws that protect better maternity leave. I heard that Reddit is now granting miscarriage bereavement leave, which I think is fabulous. Small changes grow. We have to start somewhere. And if we are in a place where we can help change the culture where we are, we need to be the ones doing it. And at the end of the day, to every woman who shared her story about miscarriage, pregnancy loss, about birth, labor, injury, your vulnerability in sharing your story is your most powerful tool. I cannot tell you how many of your stories that I shared resonated with other women. I got hundreds of messages that somebody felt less alone because they read your words. And that really is the very first step. When you feel isolated and alone, that is when they've really won. It's like Star Wars. Has anybody seen the new Star Wars? Because I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So in the new Star Wars, there's a moment in there. And somebody says, without giving away the whole context, that this is how the First Order really wins. They make you feel alone. And that your goals do not matter because they are unable to be accomplished. And that is really resonating. When you feel alone, 
your goals or dreams or ideas feel unimportant and unachievable. And despite it being completely absurd and not true, the fact is when you feel isolated, it feels like the burden, the mountain is too big to climb. And why should you be the one? And what we don't realize is if we all show up and we all start climbing the mountain together and we talk about our experiences with infertility and pregnancy loss and childbirth and maternity leave and illness and the idea that to be a working mom, especially, you have to act like the two pieces are separate. Here's my work me and my mom me. That's ridiculous. We are one person. We have multiple goals. And we must start by sharing our own story and demanding that that's inappropriate or unacceptable if it was. And if your story is one of support, then thank goodness. And please give acknowledgement to those who are helping change the culture and you carry that on. So let's let carry on culture not be this idea that we show up and carry on with our work no matter what is happening, but that we are carrying on by taking care of each other and that taking care of yourself is a part of the culture that really is going to lead to all of us living happier and more fulfilled lives. Miscarriage and pregnancy loss happen. I wish they didn't, but they do. I don't want any of us or anybody we know to suffer more because the culture that we are in made it inappropriate for us to feel like we deserve support. So I'm going to end this by asking you all, share your story. Do not be afraid to ask for help. Do not feel guilty when you need that. Know that there is strength in your vulnerability. And know that you're not alone and that you matter. Your voice matters. This is how we start to make a change. And when you get to the top or the middle or wherever, look down and make it better for the women who are there. Bring them up. Give them a seat. Change the rules and change the game. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I just can't thank any of you enough for all of your support for me. And when I share my story and it resonates with you and I'm open and vulnerable and I don't like talking about it and you share your stories in return beyond meaningful, my friends, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Natalie Crawford, MD. I'm on TikTok there as well. And the blog is nataliecrawfordmd.com. I always love hearing what topics you want to hear about. So feel free to send them in. And as always, eternally grateful for your love, support, and everything that you do for me.